morning we're going to be in uh, Proverbs uh, chapter number 28. Proverbs chapter number 28. Give you a second just to, to turn there. This morning we're going to be talking about my secret. <clears throat> my secret. That's the title of our message today is My Secret. And I hope that uh, this message will be an encouragement as also as a, uh, a warning and a help to us as believers this morning. So Proverbs chapter 28, verse number 13 is where I'm going to bring my text from. If you got your Bible ready, say amen. Amen. And the Bible says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. This morning we're going to be dealing with my secret and we're going to be talking about shame, guilt. Here in the book of Proverbs what uh, we find is when we are ashamed, we tend to hide and even isolate ourselves and hold things to ourselves. And the writer here in Proverbs makes it very clear for you and I that he who covers that will not prosper. Covers their sins, they won't prosper. But those that will confess and forsake are the ones that find mercy for them. This morning, if you got your outline in your, uh, in your bulletin, you, you'll see where we're going. The first thing I want to do today is uh, I want to look at the beginning of shame. As we talk about shame today, I, I want us to look at uh, the beginning of it, and we can find the beginning of shame in Genesis chapter number 2 and verse 25 we find that before the uh, before there was sin there was no shame you say preacher how do you know there was no shame because the bible says that adam and eve they were in the garden of eden and they were without sin and the bible tells us that the man and his wife were were both naked and they felt what they felt no shame whatsoever they, they, they didn't feel shameful. Now, imagine with me just for a moment. Imagine what it would feel like to have no secrets. Imagine with me what it would feel like to have no skeletons in the closet. Imagine what it would feel like to have no guilt, nothing that uh, we as people were afraid of somebody else finding out. Imagine the freedom the no shame would bring. Paradise. Paradise. We find that that was the Garden of Eden. 
There was no guilt. There was no shame. There was none of that, that going on in there. There was no hiding uh, from one another. There was no secret things going on in the mind of Adam, in the mind of Eve. Uh, there, there was no hiding from God. There was, there was perfect and, and everything was going wonderful. But then we find the evil one, Lucifer. He comes in the form of a serpent. He comes to destroy the innocent, uh, the innocent, the innocence, and he comes to destroy the relationship that they had with God, and and so he did. He lies. He says, "Go ahead, eat of the fruit." And you know the story very well. Oh, God said not to do that. Oh, did God really say that? He says to Adam. I mean, he says to Eve. Eve eats. Adam eats, and the Bible says that after that. Uh, that's when sin entered into this beautiful garden and, and shame entered in. You say, preacher, how do you know shame entered in? Because in verse 7 and 8, after they sinned, both of their eyes were open. And that for the first time, they realized that they were naked. And they did what? The Bible says that they sewed fig leaves together. Why? Because they were hiding their shame. They made a covering for themselves. And all of a sudden... They felt insecure. So they covered themselves. For the first time, they felt shame. And then we get down to verse number 8 of that. The man and his wife, they, they hear the sound of God as he's walking in the garden. I always like to think God was whistling or something because they heard the voice of God. Coming in the garden, the Bible says it was in the cool of the day. Boy, can you imagine with me what that was like in the cool? I imagine a cool breeze sitting by the crystal sea, just watching things, the birds chirp. You hear God coming. That sounds so peaceful. But for the first time, instead of running up to God, instead of going to Him, instead of embracing Him, we find uh, them doing something else. What does the Bible say they did? They hid themselves from God. They guarded their secret. For the first time ever, they hid themselves from God. When God calls them, they answer finally, sort of like playing hide-and-seek. God just begins to ask them, what are you doing? Well, we were naked and we were ashamed. And God asks them the question, who told you you were naked? Who told you you didn't have any clothes on? Where did this information come from? the day that shame entered into our lives. It's interesting to me how God, I mean, how shame causes you and I to separate ourselves. 
It causes us to isolate ourselves. It, it causes us to feel very, very uh, uh, vulnerable and desperate at times. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't even have to be big things to other people. In our own warped mind, something might uh, uh, so small to others can cause you and I so much grief and so much shame. I, 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 I'll be honest with you. I've known. I, I know. I know somebody right now that they 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 just they won't go swimming, and it's not because they're you know, it's not because they're of their body. Well, it is their body, but it's it's because of their it's because of their feet. They will not get in a swimming pool because they've 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 they're they're ashamed of of their toes, really, of all things. And, and I know this person good. I mean, we're, we're, we're friends, you know what I mean? Author and, and I was like, but they, they, won't, they won't get in a pool. They will not take their socks off around you. Summertime, they, they won't do it because they're so ashamed of their toes. And I'm like, it's toes. Nobody in their right mind's paying any attention to your toes. We're by the pool. We're jumping in. We're splashing. We're having a good time. Why are you so worried about your toes? But it's funny how small things like that can shame us into doing, not doing things that would bring us pleasure or fun or, or anything because we feel that we have to hide that from somebody. We're embarrassed. So let me ask you a question this morning. What are you ashamed of? What is it that you're ashamed of? It may not be that big of a deal to someone else, but deep inside of your mind, it is a great big deal to you. Maybe you're ashamed of that for some reason, somehow, you don't know how it happened, but you have accumulated so much uh, uh, debt in your life, and you, and you feel like you're, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, and you don't know uh, how you got there, but all of a sudden, you're there. Maybe that's what you're ashamed of. Maybe you don't feel good about yourself. And because of that, you go out and buy something. And boy, as soon as you buy that thing, uh, you, you immediately feel gratification. But, but, but not even realizing that later on you're going to have to pay for it. So when the credit card bill gets there, all of a sudden this shame starts rolling in on you. Maybe you're ashamed of that financial condition. Maybe you're ashamed of the fact that you lie often or, or, maybe, or maybe you cheat or, or maybe you're ashamed of the way you look or, 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 or maybe you just can't believe what you've allowed to happen to your body over the years or, or whatever it may be. Maybe you think, how in the world could anybody be attracted to the way I look? Maybe for you, years ago, you had some type of affair or, or maybe you had some kind of uh, 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 dirty sexual past and, and, and boy, it, it haunts you. You think it's, it's going to be there forever. You, you, you just can't and you, you feel bad about yourself every day. Maybe you were the victim of someone else's abuse and, and the odd thing is, even though the victim is always generally the innocent ones, a lot of times they are the ones that carry the guilt, the shame, and the grief. Maybe it's not your fault, but yet you constantly feel shameful about it. 
maybe you feel you've been molested or you've been, been mistreated by someone that, 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 that was supposed to love you and boy, you feel, you feel so bad and you carry that guilt with you at all times. You feel dirty. It wasn't your fault and you know that in your mind but still emotionally you just can't seem to get over it. You can't seem to push past it. Maybe your greatest dream uh, was to have some kind of awesome marriage and all of a sudden you, you ended up in divorce court. You feel like the rest of your life is going to carry around the big D mark on your forehead and you're very, very shameful of it. could be that you're addicted to something and you're shameful of it. I, I, I'm fascinated with watching strange addictions. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Some of the people be eating their bed. My strange addiction. Maybe you have some sort of addiction and it's your secret. That's what I'm getting at. We've all got secrets this morning. Let me show you how the spiritual enemy works to cause shame to hurt us this morning. I call it... Satan's shameful cycle because he uses it on us all. There's three things. First of all, you experience something deeply painful. I don't know what that is for you. Maybe it was what somebody did to you. Maybe it was something that you did. It might have been your fault. It might not have been your fault. It doesn't matter whose fault it was uh, because uh, uh, what I want you to see is it hurt because of what happened. You experienced something in your life uh, that is deeply painful. But this is the second phase. If Satan has his way, what he will do is this. You will connect what happened to you with who you are. You will connect what happened to you or what happened to you to who you are. That's the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is, well, I did something and I feel bad. I feel guilty about it. Shame is, because of this, I'm a bad person. Guilt says this was something that I did and I'm not proud of it. Shame is I'm a horrible person because of what I did. It's connecting something on the outside with who we are as a person. And your enemy this morning and my enemy this morning, he, he loves it when it goes down that way. He loves it when he can take a bad experience in your life and connect it to who you are so that you walk around and you're constantly shameful of this thing that's hung over your head. It would be something like this. Because they rejected me, now I'm worthless. Because they rejected me, now I'm worthless. I'm nothing. I failed, therefore I'm a failure. I failed at my business. I failed at my marriage. I'm a failure. It is internalizing it. It's becoming who you are. It is uh, after what I did. How could God ever love me? I'm such a bad person. I'm a dirty person. I'm no good. And the first thing that happens uh, is, boy, you experience this deep pain because of what you did. But then the enemy, he moves right in and he begins to make that problem who you are. 
And thirdly, this is Satan's goal right here. You become a prisoner. You become a prisoner of torment of your past. See, watch this. It's in your outline, but I want you to hear it. Because of what happened, you feel this deep sense of separation from God. Separation from others and a very real sense of desperation. You're separated. You're isolated. I'll never get over this. My life will never be the same. I'll never have a good marriage. I'll never recover from this. No matter what I do, I'm always going to be marked. No matter how hard I try, I'm always going to be bad. I will never have anything uh, or everything that God wants me to have. I'm trapped. I can't get out. I can never fully recover. I can never do this. I'm so shameful. I'm so desperate. What am I going to do? The sense of I'll never, never, never get through this. It continues to haunt us. Do you understand this morning? That is the goal of Satan. He wants to get you in a place to where he can torment you always inside of your mind thinking that you can never do any better. You can never get out. You're trapped and you're ashamed. It starts off with a painful experience. And then Satan wants to connect that experience to who you are. And once he's connected the dots and he's got you believing that's who you are, then that's when the torment starts. Day in and day out, I cannot do any better. Day in and day out, I will not be any better. I'm... I don't know if, I, if I've heard people say it once. I've heard it a thousand times. I'm always going to be like this. Have you ever heard anybody say that? I'm always going to be like this. I can't, never, I can't change. I'm always going to be like this. The dark, deep shame secrets that we hold. Satan, your enemy, my enemy, he wants to take you on a shameful cycle. His goal is to take you out. His goal is to destroy your relationship with God. His goal is to destroy your relationship with people. And his goal in the end is that you hate yourself. Let me, say, let me tell you something. And, and, and you don't have to be a rocket scientist to see this going on in our society today. I've never seen suicide rates so high. Now, I, I know I've only lived 36 years and I hadn't really paid that much of attention. But I, I just, you know, if you, do the, if you do the homework, 50 years ago, people wouldn't commit suicide like they are today. Me, me and Miss Sarah were just talking about it, you know. I can remember times growing up, we didn't have air conditioning, but bless God, if my air conditioning goes out now, I'm making a phone call real quick. We got more than we've ever had. And yet, our suicide rate amongst young people is up higher than it has ever been. 
You say, why, preacher? Why, why, what, what does that have to do with anything? It has to do with everything of what our spiritual enemy is, what the devil's making us do or making people do. He gets inside of our heads. He connects the shameful to us. And then he makes us hate ourselves until we got to do something. And too many people are doing just that. They're falling into his cycle. They're falling into his grips. You don't feel like who you really are or who God wants you to be. You've got to understand that the stakes today are incredibly high. Let me show you uh, this for a moment this morning and I'll have you out of here. I want to show you two people just for a moment. I want to give you two stories it's in your notes. Two people who basically did the same thing and look at the outcome. The results are so different. These two people are Peter and Judas. Both Peter and Judas, they both denied Jesus. They both betrayed Jesus. Both deserted Him. Both turned their backs on Him. But this morning, look at the difference in the results. Judas, who betrayed Jesus, handing him over, he internalized the guilt. Uh, I'm a horrible person. Look what I did. Uh, boy, and Satan had his claws uh, into, into Judas. Uh, Judas thought he could never recover from this. Uh, and the Bible tells us what happened to Judas. Uh, he ended his life. He hung himself. Peter, if you think about it, he basically did the same thing. Three times he didn't stand up for Jesus. <laughs> Three times he denied Him. Instead of internalizing what had happened, he actually allowed himself to look into the eyes of Jesus as they was bringing him by. The Bible says that uh, Peter and Jesus connected eyes. And instead of internalizing, boy, he began to connect his eyes with Jesus. And boy, he saw the, the forgiveness from Jesus and basically everything that he had done, he, 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 he accepted what had happened in his life. If you recall, I've, I've preached a message before. The title of the message is And Peter because after the resurrection of Jesus, when he, uh, when he, when he is seen, when Mary sees him uh, at the tomb, this is what, uh, you can look it up, this is, what, this is what Jesus tells, this is what Jesus tells Mary. Go back and, and tell the disciples and Peter. You say, why, 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 why does, why does, why is that Ann Peter there? Was not Peter one of them? Well, the, that, that Ann Peter was there because this, is, this signifies Peter accepting the forgiveness of Jesus because uh, Peter had got so discouraged. He got so down out because he knew what he had done. He knew that he had, he knew that he had denied Jesus and he knew all this stuff and all the shame was on him, but Jesus wanted him to know you're still my child. He said, go get the disciples and Peter. what we find right here. 
rather than killing himself, Peter is the one who speaks up at Pentecost and invited 3,000 people to surrender their lives to Jesus. Look at the results. Same basic sin. One ends in death, the other has a life that's changed. Now, can you see how high the stakes will be for you and I? The very same thing that is eating away at our soul, at your soul. It could be the thing that motivates you to invest in your life and invest in somebody else's life. There was no person on earth better qualified to preach about forgiveness of Jesus than Peter. Nobody else could preach a message that says look at here I denied him and yet he still loves me like Peter nobody else could have preached a message about betrayal than Judas we give Judas a hard time but Judas didn't do nothing ain't none of, ain't none of us done you say, you say boy he sold out Jesus some of us are selling out Jesus for a computer screen some of us are selling out Jesus for a can. Some of us are selling out Jesus for this, for selling out Jesus for that. Some of us are selling out Jesus for guilty pleasures. We're all selling him out. The very thing maybe that you're ashamed of today, I want you to know this morning, could be the thing that brings you freedom. Scripture says it this way, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It's in your notes. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What are we talking about? That word pull down, it means to demolish. It means to tear away. The word in the Greek, it means to fortify. It means the prisoner locked up by deception, the wrong belief. So, so what do we do with that? We demolish it. The Bible says, boy, we can take it out or we can break it down by the power of God we can take captive everything that the devil's brought against us through the power of Jesus we don't believe the lies of the evil one Satan wants you to believe you are what you did. Satan wants you to believe that you can never uh, be any better. And Satan wants you to believe that nothing can change uh, the fact uh, that this happened in your life. But the truth is, uh, you are not what you did. And you are not what somebody else did to you. But my friend, this morning, you and I, we are not what Satan says. Uh, we are what God says about us. Don't you let anybody tell you what happened in your life is your fault my friend don't let everybody tell you that you're never going to be nobody you are who God says you are this is what so this morning let's break free for just a little while and I want to give you two things and we'll go home how do I break free of this satanic cycle of shame? How do I break free? 
from this satanic cycle of shame in my life. Two things. The first one, you need to embrace it. No matter how hard you try, no matter what you do, you cannot change the past. It, you, you, we are not back to the future. Marty McFly is nowhere around. You cannot change wonder years. You can never change the past. Uh, oh, you remember the Old Testament. There was a king uh, by the name of David. Uh, he did something that was incredibly shameful. He betrayed his good friend Uriah. He slept with his wife. Uh, and then he ended up getting him murdered. And then when Bathsheba was pregnant with the baby was born, well, we know what happened. God took the baby's life. Uh, and, but while the baby was sick, David fasted and David prayed and David cried and David rent his clothes but when the baby died he stopped all the servants couldn't understand it they said David what's your deal why, uh, why the baby was sick you, you was crying and all this but now the baby's died and, 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 and boy you, you show no emotion and in 2 Samuel chapter 12 this is what David said David said, while the baby was alive, I fasted, I wept, and I prayed. The God, God could have healed that baby. Watch this, watch this. But now that he's dead, he says, I, I can't bring him back, but I can only go where he's at. What are you getting at, preacher? You cannot change the past. Whatever happened to you, the things that you've done in your life, you cannot change the past. No matter what somebody said to you, you cannot change the past. No matter how bad they hurt you, you cannot change the past. No matter how mean she was, how, how bad she was, or, or how many times he hit you, you cannot change the past. But you can embrace it and understand that it did happen. matter what you do your marriage may be over forever your innocent may be lost your baby is in heaven you cannot bring the baby back you cannot be with the child again but the one thing that the, the, the one thing that you would give anything to change, no matter what it is, if you could change it, if you could do anything to change it, but the truth is you cannot do anything to change it. You cannot bring it back. You've got to embrace it. I ask myself all, all, all the things that I was ashamed of. I said, what would be appropriate to tell because honestly, there's so many things that, 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 that are just not appropriate for this setting this morning that I could say are the things in my life that I'm ashamed of. Things that, boy, it brings shame to me. I cannot tell you how much I wish that there's so many things in my life that I could go back and I could do over again. I'm ashamed of myself. But guess what? The baby's not coming back. His two kids, oh boy, they're not coming back. Here's what I have to do. I have to embrace that God's forgiven me. 
And maybe this morning you need to embrace that as well. That God has forgiven you. Then maybe you need to need need to forgive yourself. For some of you, you may need to realize that it wasn't your fault. You need to embrace the fact that you cannot change the past, but you can allow God to forgive you today. You can allow God to wipe the tears away today. You can allow God to move inside of your heart so that you forgive yourself. You can start today. The first thing you have to do to overcome in your shame is you've got to realize it's real. It's happening. You've got to embrace it and know that you cannot change it. You can't change it. I can't change it. But then there's the second thing you can do. The second thing that we do is we need to recognize even though we can't change the past, Christ can change your future. You cannot change the past, but Jesus can change your future. No matter how bad it is, no matter how dark it was, no, no matter how heavy the shame is, no matter how heavy the guilt is, no matter how heavy the regret is, we have an awesome promise from Romans 8 and 28 that we know that in what? We know that in all things, all that includes your shame, that includes my shame, that includes the things that we secretly hide in our closet, it's, uh, that's the things, uh, that's the skeletons that we don't want nobody to find out about. Uh, he said, in every single one of those things, uh, God can do something good to those who love Him that have been called according to His purpose. Uh, boy, He is powerful, and there is power in the things that you feel so ashamed about. God said, uh, hey, I can use that in your life. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that thing's going to glorify who I am when people see you come out of the ditch and they see you come out and begin to share the goodness of God in your life, that's going to help somebody. I'm preaching a whole lot better than I'm getting any help today. He said, I can, I can do that. Watch this now. Just like Judas and just like Peter who basically did the very same thing. They both betrayed him. Understand that. If you get that through your head today, they both betrayed Jesus. Both of them. One was not better than the other. One sold him out for money one denied him to a peasant girl. I mean, if you really want to think about it, Peter might have had the worst end of that. He denied him to a, to a little peasant girl, little teenage girl. Judas allowed it to take control of his life, and it killed him. Peter, on the other hand, faced Jesus sought his forgiveness, forgave himself, 
And Peter goes on to impact the entire world. Author, I doubt for we, you know, the church may not exist if Peter hadn't stood up that day and preached and 3,000 come and got... The church may not have existed if Peter hadn't forgave himself and moved on for the glory of God. You say, well, God would have worked it out. I know God would have worked it out. Can you see the difference this morning? Christ can and wants to bring change to our future. He can take the lowest point of your life and use it for something good. The very thing that you despise could become a platform for somebody else. The very thing, the, uh, boy, that you despise in your life, that you keep hidden in your closet, the very secret that you hold on to and, you, and you're afraid, that you're just constantly afraid that somebody's going to know about it, that is the very thing that Romans said God can use to bring glory to His name. Boy, I can imagine Peter preaching. And I can imagine him saying, Arthur, I, I denied him three times. He told me I was going to do it. I didn't believe him, but I denied him three times. And as they was beating him and leading him to the cross... You know what? He still looked at me and his eyes were like love. I can imagine Peter saying that to people. I can imagine Peter emptying his closet. morning today is the day that you let that junk go you can't change it but I want you to know God can use it if you'll confess it to him if you'll confess it to his people and let God have his way with you See, watch this. We can't impact the world when we're holding on to our own little dirty secrets. We can't lead somebody else to forgiveness when we can't forgive ourselves. When we're so worried that somebody's going to find out something about us. Boy, I've over the years, I've probably aired a good bit of my dirty laundry. There's still some things that I, 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 I'll probably take to the grave with me just because it, it, I just don't want people to know. I, I mean, I'm just being honest with you. But my life's been a lot rougher than most of y'all's. But mark my words you don't get it out you will not prosper if you let Satan have his cycle with you you'll hate yourself for it and if we don't reach another generation 
they're going to continue to kill themselves off because they've I don't know I don't know what's going on inside of their heads they've got it better but they think they got it worse I don't know you can change it today your past is going to be there but you can confess it to God the problem, our text says he who confesses it finds mercy they find peace they find peace let me also say this you know the Bible also says to confess your sins to one another let me tell you something. Let me tell you, let me tell you author, why we don't do that. That, that. that is not a practice in the church. Nobody does that. You know why we don't do that? Because we're stuck in shame. You know why? Some, you know, uh, let, me, let me just dig on this for a minute. You don't know why our relationships aren't what they could be? It's because we, cause, cause, cause we don't do that. Don't do that. How many times have you? Have, how many times? And how many times? Boy, I thought I knew who he was. Boy, I thought I knew them. Till the true colors come out, because we were so shameful that we hide junk in our own lives. We just hide it and we hide it and we hide it. I stress eat. Let me get that out. I get stressed out. I just eat. But that's not worse than my wife. She gets up at 3 o'clock in the morning and chugs iced coffee. Who does that? Goes right back to bed. I don't get it. (laughs) I love you. Don't let Satan have his way with you this morning. Don't let Satan continue to beat you up. Let me close with this. You gotta, you gotta hear it. You gotta own it. You gotta experience. If you devote your heart to God, and you stretch out your hands to Him, and you grab a hold of Him, if you put away the sin that is in your hand and allow no evil to dwell in your tent, then you will lift up, uh, lift up your face without what? Uh, you will lift up your face without shame. You will stand firm and without fear. You will surely forget your trouble, recalling it uh, as the water goes by. And, and, and what the evil one meant for harm, the God of grace and power can use for your good. Uh, he will conceal his darkness of sin. Uh, 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 he who conceals his darkness of sin will not prosper. But those who confess, renounce it, they find mercy. Job 11, 13 through 16. What you did this morning is not who you are. What happened to you is not who you are. That's what the enemy wants you to believe this morning.
we're going to have to grab that stronghold. You're going to have to capture that lie. We're going to have to bring that thing to Jesus. It's time to let it go. It's time to let God forgive you. It's time to forgive yourself and ask God to use it for His glory and for His goodness. You're not who the enemy says you are. You're not who the enemy says you are. I want to ask you to stand this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let me ask you a question this morning. What is your secret? What is it that has made you hide and isolate yourself? The things that you hope and pray that people never find out about you. Oh, what if the preacher finds out? What if what if the what if they find out? Listen to me, you cannot be forgiven holding on to that stuff. You've got to let it go. You've got to let it go this morning. Oh, preacher, I can never do that because of this happened in my life. You've got to let it go. You've got to let it go. You won't prosper. You've got to confess it. You've got to get it out of your life. But preacher, people think I'm just a perfect little angel and, and I never do anything wrong, but I've done this and I've done that that nobody knows about. God knows about it. And you won't prosper until you get it out of your system. You've got to get it out. Don't hold that stuff. Don't let Satan have his way with you. Get it out. Father, Lord Jesus, I want to say thank you for loving me the way you've loved me. Lord, is a uh, lots of dirty laundry in my personal life that God has been confessed to you, you know. But God, I just want you to use it for your glory in my life today. God, I believe you've sent me to Calvary with a purpose. I believe there's hurting people all around us. I believe it's our duty as children of God to be the light and to be the salt of the earth. But Lord Jesus, I know that we can't prosper if we hold on to our own little dirty secrets. God, I take your word seriously. 
and Bible and, and, and it tells us that he that, that, that covereth it he that tries to hide it they won't prosper but those who will confess it and turn away from it they'll have mercy when we get to the New Testament I know your darling son Jesus said that we've got to confess it and be born again and, and there's no doubt in my mind that this, 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 this auditorium this morning it's, it's full of believers I don't believe there's one person here that doesn't know Jesus. But I do believe that there's people here that's concealing things in their life that they're ashamed of. I believe it hurts the fellowship. And I believe only your spirit can go to them and let them know that they've got to forgive themselves because you've already forgiven them for it. And I believe it's your spirit that has to go to them, whether they need to make it right with a brother or sister or whatever the situation, God. It may be a family member that they've got so much hatred toward that they just need to forgive them. God, only you can go to, with your spirit and only you can break those, those, those chains, God. But Lord, I know that Satan has his way that he'll torment them. He'll make them hate themselves. So God, I'm just asking right now that you would do something just really special in your people's heart today. Lord, would you let them know that your grace is available, your mercy is available, and whatever they've done or whatever they've done, whatever's been done to them, that's not who they are. That they are a child of the Most High God. And you love them just the way they are. Their childhood, it's not their fault. It's not their fault. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would speak to them today. And then there's maybe some this morning that they're concealing sin in their life. God, I pray today, if that be the case, God, that the Holy Spirit would convict them and move in their life and say, look, you need to get this out of your life before it brings you harm. God, I pray that your Spirit would do it. God, I can't do it. Only you can. This invitation will call God. I'm asking you to move. I'm asking the, uh, our congregation to be obedient to the Spirit. Allow God to speak to them. I love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You've got a need this morning. These, these altars, they're available.
kitchen, but uh, uh, thank you for thank you for uh, our, our delivering our boxes uh, for schools. I've heard great reports, great reports uh, about the how appreciative uh, those teachers were, how grateful they were, and then thank you for those that showed up yesterday with the hot dogs. Uh, I know those officers were blessed beyond measure to know that uh, they got a church in this county. No, we're not the only one, but that we're praying for them and that we love them and, and well, we had a good time together as we packed those hot dogs. It didn't take us long, but uh, uh, it was a good it was a good two and a half hours for me just to spend time fellowshipping. Uh, I mean, I, I, I got to thinking about this. If fellowship is a burden, something's not right. Thank you, Mike. Amen. If fellowship is a burden, something ain't right. It shouldn't be a burden to come together and fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. It should not. I love it. I need it more and more. But uh, anyways, that's my soapbox for the day. Thank you all so much for coming together. We had a great time. And uh, I thank you for that. Don't forget about the CDs if anybody wants any. They're here. If you don't, then that's fine. Uh, be here tonight, 430, choir. Five o'clock, we'll have a business meeting. Six o'clock, we're going to have singing. And uh, it's going to be a good night in the Lord. So thank you so much for being here. We love you.